0: Welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us today. We hope this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message. Good evening, everybody. Lovely to see you. Thanks, Teddy. I can hear you down there. Bless you. It's such an encouragement. I don't want us to get too starchy because we've got cameras in the building and we're going out live good, good afternoon or evening or wherever you are watching 50 years from now if you find this in a time capsule, God bless you. I want us to be a Cork church, okay? So uh, thank you, Teddy. Let's shout to the Lord. Let's wave to him. Let's be friends. Amen. Let's enjoy the company of one another. Amen. And uh, we're not here to perform. We're here to worship. We're here to glorify the Lord. In the fervent belief that when we meet together in his name, there is a dynamic that is different than when we're on our own. Amen. And he has designed it that way. And one of these days, and we all know it, that will be at his timing, that dynamic is going to move into revival. Amen. Uh, something's going to happen at his time, in his way and in his time. That is how it has to be. Amen. But now and then, we long for his appearing. Can you say amen? amen. I, I you know we long for his appearing. I hope you do long for his appearing. Because there's not worth, there's not much in this world worth longing for anymore. There really isn't. The shine is quickly fading. There was a a uh, famous poem. I'm not a poet. I'm not in you know I'm not a big poem guy, but I, I do know uh, Kipling was a very well-known English poet, Christian actually, very good Christian man, and he wrote a poem, and it was called Lest We Forget, it was actually, it was called The Recessional Poem, it's a famous poem, it's got seven stanzas to it, and that line, Lest We Forget, permeates through it. And of course, he comes from the the Christian view. It, he wrote it at a time. I think I have the date here, 1897, at the time of the Jubilee for the British Empire, where you know poets and songwriters were all trying to do something special for the year of Jubilee, all sort of extolling the greatness of the Empire and the greatness of its conquest, and you know really getting, giving the Brits a good old cheer up for what they were doing around the world. And I'm not anti-British. I think they did an off. I think they did a much more good than ill, even in the Empire. But you can talk to Crow about that later on if you wish. That's just my own reading of history, but Kipling was led differently. He was led really to to to, to uh, put into a poem that any any empire that doesn't remember God will be will be brought to the dust. You know, it's it says like dust clinging to power, uh, and so it was it was it was so impacting, even if its day. It wasn't what people were wanting because in the Jubilee they wanted all these jubilant, powerful. But it, it so gripped the British people that a lot of people said there's so much truth in here in, in, in remembering the, the rock that we've come from. You know, The journey that they came from as a nation. And what made them great as a nation wasn't their military might. Was their, 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 their augmenting the truth of the gospel as a people as they begin to imbibe the gospel and as they be able to imbibe Christianity and as it begin to distill down and filter into the society, the Bible says righteousness exalts a nation. And so, you know, homes that were broken because of alcohol became healed because of the gospel. You see that under the Wesley revivals. The more the gospel, and then the more the gospel begin to distill into the government, you see the, what was known as the 60 members of parliament who were known as the saints there were Christian members of parliament who said, you know what, we're Christians now. We can't abide slavery. How can, how can any nation call us of a godly nation? Uh, and so they, they, out of their, the distilling of the gospel, coming into that great nation brought about incredible changes where they lobbied under the Wilberforce and they lobbied and they lobbied until they got the, uh, the declaration to declare slavery illegal. And the British Empire even turned her ships and her galley ships down to Zana, Madagascar and all those regions to, to, um, to set prisoners free that were on the galley ships, that they were going on the Muslim ships that were bringing slaves all over the world, and they, they send their guns after them. So it's amazing how the gospel changes everything. But Kipling understood the greatness of what they were as a people would be eroded if they should be. And if you ever look at a war memorial many years later, that saying of lest we forget, it's written and carved in nearly every war memorial that you see. Lest we forget the sacrifice that men and women gave for the freedom of their realm, their soldiers laying down their lives and so easy for us to kind of just wander by as, as they would say uh, that, you know, the, you could say the entitled ones that now live with no memory of how we got to where we got to on the backs of other people who sweated and, and worked and toiled and gave their life's blood for their families and for, so that a society could form with some sort of rules and regulations and help. And so sometimes that took wars because you have like you have in the UK, Ukraine, Ukraine today, you have, you know, these forces coming in to destroy another smaller nation, and yet men and women rising up to say, no, this is our patch, we want to preserve something for our children here, and are ready to lay down, and so at the more memorials you had these things, these engraved on, lest we forget, and then actually when you look, it's an old English phrasing, lest we forget, it actually means, it should not be forgotten, Lest we forget actually means, when you bring it into modern English, it means it should not be forgotten. We sing a hymn, Lest We Forget Gethsemane. What it's actually saying, because that's written in Old English, it means we should not forget Gethsemane. We shouldn't forget these things. and we're, We are all prone to forgetfulness. We're so easily for us to as we say to imbibe the grace of god you know at such tremendous cost to him and forget that it took his precious blood and his body broken and so we can live even as christians in the victory, we can live forgiven but indifferent and so like society today that can prance around in their in their latest uh, and uh, in, their, in their latest garb and in the latest technologies, but have little, no, little to no understanding of what they have, took the blood and sacrifice of others. And so, Kipling was right lest you forget, lest you lose proportion, lest you ro- lose the run of yourself. And, uh, and, and that hymn and that recessional poem became very, very embedded into, into the arts of, of the British people. I'll read you a verse from Deuteronomy chapter 4, a very well-known verse, but I hope you listen to the words because I think they're powerful. The scriptures are powerful. When you read the word of God, you must remember this is God's word, amen. It's eternal. It's powerful. The devil would try to keep you from it all the time and try to get you to work out your problems in your own head. But I want to tell you, there's no working through your problems unless you have a word from God, amen. Chapter 4 of Deuteronomy verse 9, it says, but watch out. Be careful never to forget what you yourselves have seen. Do not let these memories escape from your mind as long as you live, and be sure to pass them on to your children and grandchildren. Never forget the day when you stood before the Lord your God at Mount Sinai. Never forget. It should not be forgotten. I could walk away now and if you would just mull over those truths in themselves and begin to consider the incredible grace, the incredible mercy and the price of such grace and the price of such mercy, then we wouldn't bring the grace of God to naught in so many areas of our life. As Paul says, negating the grace of God because with forgetfulness, friends, comes in indifference Isaiah 51 Verse 1 says this. Actually, I think I'll read it directly because I this is what the Lord listen to me. Sorry, listen to me, all you who hope for righteousness. All who seek the Lord. I hope that's you tonight. Seekers of righteousness, those who seek the Lord. Well, listen, 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 not to pastor Nick, listen to the word of God. He says, consider the rock which you were cut and the quarry from which you were mined. That's not even cryptic, friends. Even the weakest one amongst us with the most rudimental Bible understanding needs to remember what God has done in their life. Amen. Amen. Needs to remember, oh, the mighty gulf that God did span. At Calvary. Hallelujah. And so there's, Isaiah is commending us back in Deuteronomy chapter 4, which we just read. Moses under the instruction of God himself, commending to us not to forget. I think of Matthew 11, and this is, I won't turn, I've just got a few eclectic thoughts on this tonight, and I hope they will bless you. In Matthew 11, you got the story of John the Baptist who goes through a dark night of the soul. He's the preacher of righteousness. He's the last of the Old Testament prophets that we read in our Bible. He's a preacher of righteousness and repentance and the kingdom at hand. A fiery man, a brave man, but now he's in prison. And it's probably the eve of his execution. And he has he's having moments of, of, of you know, just, we all have moments, don't we? he's, he's, he's second-guessing some of his own statements possibly. You know, that's natural to us, friends. It's natural for us to even to second-guess, you know, some things that go on in our lives, some things around us. And he was a little bit second-guessing of Christ himself. And so he sends a couple of his disciples to, to Jesus to ask him a question. And the question was this, are you the one or should we look for another? Even the great John the Baptist. And then Jesus answers with this. He said, John, remember this. The blind see, the lame walk, the deaf hear. And as blessed is he who is not offended or stumbled by me. I want to tell you, friends, there is a powerful testimony alive in you. There is a story that you have that sometimes when you stop telling it, you forget it, friends, very quickly. The most powerful thing you have as a Christian is your testimony. Nobody can take it from you. It's the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth of what happened in your life and what God has done for you and the journey that he's brought you on and is bringing you on. When Isaiah talks about look to the rock, it's talking about not just looking back, but now looking, looking back to the, where you were cut from, but also looking to the one who cut you from there. It's two parts. It's looking where you come from but also looking to the mighty hand that is now guiding you even though you may not deserve it. We receive much kindnesses from him even though, friends, we can be so indifferent. We get so many blessings in our lives that we haven't even sought or asked for. We just walk in blessing upon blessing, grace upon grace. We haven't even asked for it. We haven't even prayed for it. And yet things fall into our lap. Opportunities open before us. We think it's coincidence. Let me tell you, that's the goodness of God. How easy we forget. How easy we fall into an atheistic thinking that these are just natural selections. There's nothing natural about this, friends. There's nothing at all natural about your life. Your life is a supernatural life. Your life is hidden with Christ and God. The steps of your life are ordered by God. Even the bad ones, friends. Even the difficult moments. He's teaching you something. He's weaning something out of your life. He's doing something that one day you're going to get to the other side and say, Wow, now I understand why you brought me through this. Now I understand why you had to bring me through this. You get to a stage in your maturity with the Lord. And I'm not there yet, but you're going to be like Job when he said, The Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I don't understand any of this, but I understand one thing, that you cut me out of a rock, you dug me out of a mire, you cleaned me, you put a new robe upon me, you gave me a new name, and now you brought me on a journey. How quickly we forget. Psalm 103, we love to sing, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Praise his holy name. Bless the Lord, all oh my soul, and forget not, not all of his benefits. If he gives all your sins, who heals all your diseases. But well, he says, forget none of them. Forget none of them, not one of them. That's why it is a good thing to give thanks to the Lord. See, praise and worship is to sing to the Lord. But under your breath, along with your melody, you should be thinking of the goodnesses, the much kindnesses that you've had today. The food that is in your stomach, and you may not have it in six months' time, you might not have it in two years' time. You don't know the way things are going, friends. This world is like a, it's not a like shiny penny anymore, it's getting duller, it's getting duller, it's weighing, as the Bible says, it's wearing out like an old garment. Who likes to say these things, but it's true. But I in the midst of much affliction, I've chosen thee. I can give you, I can give you a heart. For iron, I'll give you silver. For brass, I can give you gold, amen? I have to think about that. But it's true. The trade is phenomenal. Psalm 137. Who knows what that's famous for? Psalm 137. Who, who made Psalm 137 famous? Anybody tell me? Well, it was Boney M. By the rivers of Babylon that we wept. <laughs> we remembered Zion. That's where it comes from, 137. But 5 and 6 says this, verse 5 and 6 says this, and this is David speaking. He said, if I forget thee, O Jerusalem, may my right hand forget her skill. May my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. If I do not remember you, if I do not exalt Jerusalem above my chief joy. Now David was a musician, and so what he's talking about, if I forget you, O Jerusalem, he's not just talking about the city, he's talking about the God of the city, the promises of the city. Jerusalem had a far greater reputation than just a physical location. Jerusalem was where the the, the presence of God, the temple of God, where where God had put a seat of authority in. And Jerusalem was where where our Savior was going to be crucified, amen, where salvation was going to become landed and, and, and exalted in this place. It was all the promises were there. Right back from the Garden of Eden, God was promising. And so Jerusalem became the apex and the focal point of this. That's where the temple was. That's where the blood of sheep and goats were shed. But that's where ultimately David didn't see it. But we, we know it now because we look back to that eternal event of Calvary. But he says, if I forget you, May my right hand forget its skill. And it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, friends. A self-fulfilling prophecy for every Christian. Take heed. When you start to forget the goodness of God, you lose your skill to worship. You lose it. When you live in unforgetfulness, you stand like a stoic in the church. You stand there and all of a sudden you're forgetting what God's done for you. And you're remembering what other people didn't do for you. Or what other people did do to you. When you forget what the mighty gulf that God spanned for you. The, the almighty, awful, embarrassing sin. That he took for you and carried you at Calvary. Not only that, the goodness that he brought into your life. And you forget those things all of a sudden. Like David, if I forget you, God. My, my right hand, he's talking about his ability to play the harp. That's how we worship. David was a worshiper, by the way. David wrote a lot of psalms and a lot of songs, friends. Just in case you think Cork Church has got too many new songs. uh, you know, It's way behind uh, David, let me tell you. Way behind the Wesley's as well for that matter. But I'm telling you, he was a worshiper. But he said, I know what will happen. If I forget what you've done for me, I'll stop worshipping. Anyone having problems with worship? What a good antidote. Start to remember what God's done for you. Start to think about what he's doing for you, even now, even though you don't deserve it. And begin to raise your hand again and worship. He says, may my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. If I do not remember you, if I do not exalt Jerusalem above my chief joy, what happens to those who live in forgetfulness? They never testify. They never speak of him. You're mute. You can't open your mouth. It's stuck there. Because you don't see, you're not motivated. There's nothing in your heart anymore. You become tepid. You become lukewarm. It's it's awful. It's awful to see. And have we not all lived or journeyed there? Have we not all, at some stage of our Christian life, forgotten these things? Well, the Scripture says it should not be forgotten. You you have to remember the story. You know, some of you you have dynamic testimony. But you know what? You haven't told it for such a long time. You're nearly, you're nearly dormant. You're, ne- you're nearly in, in danger of, of remembering it. I spoke to someone recently. Someone I love very dearly. And I said, Do you not remember the day you got filled with the Holy Spirit? And you started speaking new tongues. But I know the person hadn't spoken in tongues in such a long time. It was such a distant memory for them. Why? Because they had forgotten it. Not forgotten how to speak but you know what? Just moved on. Moved away. The symptoms of the child of God that forgets the benefits and the mercy of his promises and provisions of his covenant, they're always predictable. It's always predictable. We're all so predictable. There's nobody different. What's, what's possible for you is possible for me. The traps that you fall into, I fall into. And this is why the scripture says and commands here, be watchful, be careful, never forget what you yourselves have seen. Do not let the memories escape your mind. And David, all these years later, we're just reading him here, because if you do, you won't be a worshiper anymore, you'll just be an opinion. You'll just be a judger of others. You'll stand back, and you'll see how excessive this one is. And how not so doctrinal that one is. <laughs> you know, how this one is off, and how that one is off, and they're all wrong but me. My wife says I need to get some new stories, but I'm going to tell it anyhow. <laughs> she said you need to get some new words and just some stories, but you know what? Thank God we've got loads of different pastors in Court Church. So I'm getting a little bit diluted with the stories. you got Hampton, part and Andy, and Steve, and they all bring great words from the Lord. So I'm getting diluted, my dear wife. But the story goes of this woman. its, it's All the cadets are graduating from military school, and they're all out in their finest, and they're in their uniforms and they're marching in front of all their families who are cheering for, the, for, their, for their graduating day. And one woman turns to another. She said, they're all marching wrong, but my Johnny... that's what happens when you stop remembering what God has done for you you stop remembering the vicious and awful sin that he's forgiven you from the backbiting, the lust the lies, the anger and they're the only things and, and, and that's just scratching at the surface it's amazing you know, when you, when you begin to consider the rock that you were cut from Honestly, I noticed to myself. I find myself becoming more graceful to other people because I think, you know what? I have no right. I have no right to be pointing out this one and pointing out that one. The Bible says, Lord, if you were to mark our transgressions, who could stand? No one. Well, there is one because he never transgressed. Neither, where are your accusers? Praise Nowhere, sir. Neither now do I accuse you. But go and sin no more. What a savior! What a lord! Who would be like that today? Who among men? And actually, if I read the previous verse of Judahoni before, it says, "For what great nation has a god as near to them as the Lord our God is near to you?" You know. And and he says, what great nation has decrees and regulations as righteous and fair as the, the body of instructions that I'm giving to you today? Just the previous couple of verses. So Moses was saying to the Holy Spirit, what a God we serve. Those who live in forgetfulness quickly lose their desire to worship and to serve. You're not about serving anyone because you've been able to assassinate everybody. They're all wrong but you. They're all marching around about you. Well, I'd get involved in Fee Cork if there was a little bit more. If I could go in with my bullhorn and shout at everybody, I'd probably do. If they did it this way at court Church, I'd probably volunteer then. You know? Or if they just did it a bit that way, I, I, but I'm not giving, I'm not helping any. That's not the thousand percent my way. You know? You've forgotten. You've forgotten. You've forgotten. Your tongue will quickly cease. And if you don't repent, I hope it does cease because all you're doing is damage with it. These are the tragic manifestations of spiritual memory loss. My right hand forgets its worship. My tongue cleaves through the roof of its mouth. Luke 15, Isaac has, Isaac's going to preach a message in Luke 15 shortly. Well, he got some thoughts there tonight, and I can't rob his thunder, and I won't. You watch for that next message when it comes into young adults. It's going to be a great message. But Luke 15 is the great story of the prodigal. And we all know the prodigal, you know, he went into riotous living. He was a blackguard, blackened his family name, ran around with prostitutes and drank himself, foolish. Ended up in in the filth of his own vomit and urine and that of animals, and then eating, working with swine. And then you know the story. the, The Bible doesn't go into massive descriptive terms for you here, but please, you need to understand what drunkenness does and rebellion does. This man was a disgrace in every way. He you had know, to turn his back upon the goodness of his dad the way he did and live the way he did. It was disgraceful. But so were we. So was I. So were you. But they said this. He remembered in his father's household. The solution is to remember. The solution is to remember what God has done. The solution is to remember... The price it took him. You know, we need to start remembering. I'm going to close with a few moments, a few things tonight. Maybe, maybe you start. You maybe you need to start remembering to read the word again. Maybe you have been so disinvested in the scriptures, and you just your reasons are just excuses. Maybe you need to remember. How, how to get back to prayer again. See, the word of God is going to feed you. It's, it's the meat. It's going to feed your soul. But prayer is going to get you intimate with God. See, the word of God will, will educate you in the ways of God. But you can know all about God, but not know him. Prayer will get you to know him. Maybe you need to remember how to get back to fellowship. And some watching online have become so comfortable in this area. And maybe, maybe the pandemic has exposed something that was unsurrendered in your life. That now that you, have a, you had a reason, but now it's an excuse. And maybe we need to get back to fellowship. Remembering fellowship, friends, remembering these things. Remembering that it's when we come together, it's God's brainchild, the church. It's not, it's not an invention of pastors or leaders. We weren't that sophisticated. We could never imagine a body like this. We would have done it completely different. We would have done it by committee and we would have done it through meritocracies and we would have only got the nicer ones of you. But God brings the broken and he knits us together divinely and you need to be part of the fellowship of God because that's where he manifests himself in greater measure and he commands you to be there and without fellowship, friends, you are a bird and less than one wing. Maybe you need to remember about giving. You become so tied in your giving you can't even tie and you throw a little few bob in. You give God the Sundays and the doggins of your life. And you toss a little bit in it costs you nothing. And Jesus talked about a widow and her mite. It was everything she gave. Maybe you need to remember worship, as we just said. That you're not in here to come to church to see if your favorite song's been played. Or to spot if there's a new husband and wife. I Don't blame me if you're single. I did that myself. But we need to search for motivation a bit more. and then You need to ask yourself, am I here to worship? I know she's in the building, she's beautiful, but God help me to worship you and not her. Can you say amen, single men and single women? Get back to the heart of worship. I, 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 I'm your pastor here and I have to remind, I lie to you not, I have to remind myself every single time why I'm standing there. Because my mind will go boom, boom, boom. And... And I keep on reminding. You know, you'll hear me say things. Unto him shall the gathering the people be. I'm reminding myself. They're all laughing because they do the same. I have to remind myself. You need to remind yourself. We're in the house of God tonight. The Holy Spirit is here. God's promised to be here. Thank you, Lord, that you are here. And he's speaking to us. And he's striving with us. And he wants to have a greater. He wants to give a greater revelation of himself to us. We need to come back to worship. When worship is not attending church You can attend church and not be a worshiper. many people are doing that. They're just there. Because of some sort of religious obligation not to be seen. For heaven's sake, I'm delighted to see you anyhow. But I would prefer to see you worship because that's the heart of God for you. And in that place, there's a fullness of joy. Maybe you you need to remember how to testify. You know, sometimes there it becomes embarrassing. Anyone want to testify? And it's crickets, crickets, crickets. People try to search, so but it gets nearly deafening, embarrassing at times in a church of this size and, and bigger. That you know, it, you know, it's, it, it's the silence is, is deafening, and yet as a pastor, I know, should you even begin to just remember what God's done, you'd be up here. So well. if no one else is going to say, Do you know, I had a great week this week to know God gave, (laughs) I food on my table or whatever it might be, even the simple things. If no one can testify, if you're ever in this house and nobody comes to this altar to testify, you get up off your feet and say, well, God will have a testimony. If no one else is going to testify, I'll stand up and I'll tell something that God's done for me this week and I'll sit down again and God will get the honor. I hope you can say amen. Amen. Maybe we need to remember these things. The word, prayer, fellowship, giving, worshipping, testifying. Let me leave you with a great scripture. We all love these scriptures. They're beautiful scriptures. Hebrews 10. Think back on the early days when you first learned about Christ. Remember how you remained faithful even though it meant terrible suffering. Sometimes you were exposed to public ridicule. You were beaten. Sometimes you helped others who were suffering the same things. You suffered along with those who were thrown in jail. And when all you owned was taken from you, you accepted it with joy. You knew there was better things waiting for you that would last forever. What a... What, a, what an encouragement for us to get back to roots again. Some of you are caught in vices, bad marriages, gossips, liars, slanderers, thieves, immoral drunks. That's just you, Hal, sorry. <laughs> we were all that weren't we because if we didn't do it, we lusted for it it was in us it's still in us that all nature is as evil now as it was back the time I we was saved but I want to thank God the more I remember what Jesus did for me the more the Holy Spirit begins to pour in victory then it's all about simply acknowledging him in all your ways acknowledge him and he will give you the the desires of your heart so simply tonight it should not be forgotten Jerry Doyle will be always remembered in this church for one line think about it. when you think about the cross smile as you may that is a powerful line lest we forget lest you forget That you get too big for your boots. Lest you think you can make it on your own. Let me one thing for those those who live in forgetfulness. You're forgetting one thing. You're getting older. You're getting closer to the grave. You're forgetting that this world is getting worn out. You're forgetting that someone someday is going to live in your old shoes. Some vagabond will live in your house. You're forgetting that your health will fail. You're forgetting that the dark days will come and they are coming. And you're thinking it's going to be as it is forever right now. You need to remember, because it says in the last chapter of Ecclesiastes, "Remember your Creator before the day, in the days of your youth, before the difficult days come." Before you say to yourself, "I have no pleasure in them," when the keepers of the house are shaking. My God, why do we break bread? Is it just some sort of vain ritual that God asks us to do? Breaking the bread is actually for us so that we wouldn't forget. My mom and my dad sacrificed everything to rear their family. They poured into us. My dad went out to work, went into ill health try to provide for his family all through my years I was quite indifferent to that because you know you go through your own things as kids you go on with life you move through and you never remember my mom pushed me into this world she carried me for nine months and she's still carrying me in, in prayer every day carries all her children and grandchildren and yet Mother's Day can be an effort just to remember mom But this is what God says. I'll not let that happen to my son. That's why we break bread. Lest you forget him. Because we're prone. Will you stand with me tonight and maybe talk to the Lord in your heart? I want you to close your eyes just for a moment. We're close to the end of service, near the end of our service. Close your eyes and take away the distraction. And I want you to look upon that cross tonight. And I want you to think to the lead up, we'll come up to Easter. But you think of it now, you can never overthink this. I want you to think of the trumped up trial. I want you to think about how they brought him to the Pretorium and they beat him. Where most normal men would have died from that beating. They scourged him, they pulled the beard from his face. They sped upon him. They stripped him naked. Then they made him carry a cross. And then they placed a crown of thorns in his head and it brutalized him more. They ridiculed him more. and They put these vicious stakes through the beautiful son of God, through his hands and through his feet. And then they lifted him, friends. And the torture of that then brought the demonic taunts around him. And he did it for you and for me. It was not a fictitious. It was not some sort of uh, ordeal that he didn't feel it. He went through it. He knew that this was going to cost great mental anguish so much so that before he even entered into it at Gethsemane he understood the trauma and sweated great drops of blood lest you and I forget and then remember he did that for you because if he didn't let me tell you you must as well go tonight and get polluted because if he didn't do it for you friends this life has no meaning to it and if he if you live in forgetfulness you will quickly find as a Christian that life will have no meaning and when life has no meaning, friends, you're very, very close to doing things that, you, that will be self-destructive to you and others around you. And so when you remember what he's done for you tonight and come back to that place and then go and testify to it. Start at home first with your children. Amen. We want the whole world to know him, but not at the expense of our children. Our children must know him first. Our families must know him first. So you go home and tell your children, you pray with them. You pray over them until they understand it. And You tell them what God, every, every one of your children must know your testimony. The good and the bad, you need to tell them. And you, you don't, don't take for granted, friends. They know, they don't know. They just know you as mom and dad. They don't know that you were forgiven a heck of a lot of sin. You don't need to be graphic. You just need to be honest until they understand that you were a wicked man, a wicked woman, and God came and he forgave you. And he filled you with his Holy Spirit. And tell you tell the story to them, you'll tell them to your workmates. It's quick. And God will have a testimony again in your life. And he'll restore an anointing back onto you. Father, we pray tonight, God, that we will not forget. I'm so sorry, Lord. I, I'm preaching to myself tonight, Lord. I just pray. If, I pray I won't forget, Lord Jesus. When you saved my uncle, Aidan, and I, his, my aunt, Elaine, and you brought them, here to Ireland 40 odd years ago. I shared that beautiful gospel with my mom and dad and how they, they just opened up like flowers to it, Lord, and how that affected my life and changed me forever. I'm so grateful that you did that, Lord. And I think, Lord, if you hadn't, where would I be today, Lord? I would be absolutely distraught and destroyed. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the church. Thank you for the brothers and sisters. Thank you for the life you've given me. And I give you all the praise and all the honor and all the glory. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions at all, you can email us info at corkchurch.com or just check out our website www.corkchurch.com Again, thank you for tuning in and see you next time. God bless.